Drama City Productions presents. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 48. Anime movies, comics, wrestling. Load complete. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show, episode 48. Now, Damon, I had a question for you. All right. Or more just like an opinion-based question. Sounds good to me. Now, if something is has a CGI background, and all the characters are CGI, would you consider still consider that a live-action film? No. No, that would be an animated film? If all the characters are CGI? Yes. And the background CGI? Yes. But there's actors on a stage. No. No? Everything is CGI. So everything's 100% CGI. Yes. So it's not like a bunch of actors with fucking green dots all over them or whatever. Mm, I, don't, I don't know if they went that far. It's not Phantom Menace. I haven't checked or, that out. Or uh, Revenge of the Sith. No. Okay. There isn't going to be a main character whatsoever that will be human. Because it's a CGI movie. It's not live action. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Disney is considering Lion King, their new Lion King film, to be... A live action film. But there's no actual animals or anything like no. that. No. And, and it's not like I'm saying that I would rather see, you know, them use live, like, real animals and have to do the fucking just the mouth fucking, thing. Like, Discovery and, Channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People getting mauled by lions, by Simba. But I don't know why that bothers me. It bothers me that they're calling it a live action film when it's clearly cool. nothing just, alive on film. Yes. Yeah. Um, last week they finally released their first like trailer for it. It's, it's pretty much the opening sequence for Lion King, where it's you know he's holding the baby lion up. Simple, so, right? Yeah. Simple. Mm. It's a circle of life. Yes. <laughs> Elton John's gonna sue us. Um, I've never seen the Lion King. You've never seen the Lion no, King? I've never seen the Lion King. I think I was at that middle. I think I was maybe. Uh, middle school freshman at that point hmm. so I was just too cool for it <laughs> you know I had no interest so I missed a lot I think I stopped with the Disney movies at like Aladdin gotcha and then that was it so I've never seen Lion King like I know the gist of the story don't get me wrong <laughs> but yeah so but <laughs> yes I did read Shakespeare in high school uh, but yeah no I yeah I've never seen the Lion King so, I mean, I saw the trailer, I watched the trailer, but I was like, I have no interest whatsoever in this movie. I mean, that came out the year I was born. Uh-huh. And, you know, Will being... You date me, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> being not only a 90s baby, but also the son of, uh, like, an African immigrant, that was, you know, a film that he, of course, put on for me. So it's oh, okay. something I grew up with. And so it means a lot to you. Yeah, so... Except I mean, for the fact... <laughs> if they're calling it fucking live action. I don't know, that bothers me. I understand that um, we're on this kind of like craze where we're taking animated films and we're making it into live action 
I'm all over the place. Um, you know, they're doing that with Pokemon. They're doing that with um, uh, Aladdin is next. That's their next big slated yes. one as well. But that actually has actors in it, right? Yeah, that has actors in it. Okay. I, I liked what they did with Cinderella. So the ba- hold on. Backtrack yes. here. So <laughs> the background of Live Lion King is not actually like I don't in know the how much is filmed and what isn't, but it, for the most part, it looks like it's literally in the jungle. Like I, I get that the you know animals aren't there, mm. but um, from what I understood is that those those are imposed um, images the animals are imposed and the background and the background i mean it could have been so it's just on a computer (laughs) (laughs) someone is animating yes because that looked amazing for that to be yeah it's still it's still good disney money being thrown into it yeah don't get me wrong okay okay but that's yeah i mean maybe unless like some of like it's actually like they just you know i feel like it on like actual like (laughs) jungle like maybe that's how they're passing it off as like live action i wouldn't be surprised if they just did like one day of filming you know like they filmed different areas that they wanted and then but they still you know they had to heavily animate that to yeah just storyboard it out you know scene for scene like or the scene takes place here Mm. you know you scout the environment and then you just film it for like a minute (laughs) and you just superimpose it exactly and that's all you have to do um, what a fucked up world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it looked pretty awesome though. I mean, for someone who has no interest in the movie whatsoever, yeah, it looked really good. You know, CGI is on a different level nowadays, and I've mm-hmm. been very surprised. Um, trying to remember, there's a uh, kind of like an anime film coming out uh, soon that is like the main character is completely CGI throughout the entire film, and it's like borderline like almost too realistic mm. for how like well they they um attila battle um something okay um there's a big director behind it and everything but, uh, <laughs> it's just a fountain of information <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's coming and trying to get come back to me but um she looks ridiculously realistic okay and but it's all cgi and i mean it's a mix of humans and cgi and it's supposed to be this weird like um cyberpunk type world but cgi has gone insane recently. well look what like you know disney and marvel has been doing with the de-aging mm-hmm. you know of, you know i mean god sam jackson looks like he's 30 in the captain marvel <laughs> yes. trailers i mean he's throughout the entire movie um grand moff tarkin and you know uh rogue one yes i actually re uh re-watched that recently and it's just like it's still nuts yes how well they did that yes fantastic it's, I mean, there, it felt can, like Peter Cushing mm. was there, so it's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is getting to the point of being a little scary, though. Like, <laughs> there's going to be a, where they just don't need actors, mm. and it won't matter if people are dead anymore. They could just bring them back to life, and you know, starring you know John Wayne, you know, mm. things like that are going to end up happening eventually. That is, so. that has been a discussion in the uh, entertainment world where they're talking about you know, what's the logistics like talking to families. Do we want to bring well, exactly. these what's the to ethics? Say, yeah, what's the ethics that? behind that? You know, because you've got this person's image and they have no say whatsoever what you're doing. But some of these movie studios, they own their image for that, you know, for that particular license. So how far can they take that? You know, I mean, right away, like when, you know, 
this last Star Star Wars installment, you know, was announced mm. and JJ was taking over and they, you know, brought up the fact that, you know, Princess Leia is going to get closure in this film. You know, right away they're saying, No, we're not, you know, using CGI to recreate her. We have footage and everything. We're gonna do a classy because that was the rumors mm-hmm. started kicking up right away, which I understand because in Rogue One they did do that. So, um it's it's weird. It's a weird place to be at, you know, and you know, film right now mm. with the technology is just getting insane. It really is. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> it's a little creepy. It is. The de-aging thing's definitely creepy. <laughs> like Michael Douglas in Ant-Man and Yes. Wasp, that's like in Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. Holy shit. And I love that the DVD um, uh, behind the scenes, they show the like how like him there and then they show like them putting the layers of de-aging onto mm-hmm. him as well. Like bringing his height up, even and just like it's just flawless, though yes. it really is. Like you couldn't tell at all. You know, I forgot how old mm. Michelle Pfeiffer was. You know, until like she shows up later on in the movie. It's like, oh yeah, she's like sixty because mm. <laughs> she looks like she just walked off the set of like Batman Returns and you know that that opening scene. So, <laughs> but with that being said, then you see like you know Netflix does things on a regular basis where they're making quasi good CGI things. I mean, they're throwing out TV money to mm. do this, and we're getting a lot of updated shows from animation that's eh, not so great. Um, they recently did uh, Death Note was one of the big ones uh, from from the anime world. Okay. Um, that was it was a very terrible adaptation of that show. So they basically. It was a remake of the show? Yes, they decided to like remake the entire show, but with live actors and stuff. And that's been a big um, trend with almost all Japanese media that's uh, been coming over. They want to make live-action remakes of everything. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a live-action like series yes. based off of an anime. Hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cool things that you could do with that. Um, Full Metal Alchemist, where you know he's able, he's able to create things... Uh, like out of any material and that's a lot of cgi work but if you're only using you know standard tv budget and you have these people in ridiculous costumes and you know it's just like eh, this is starting to look weird and it's starting to take away from what regular animation can really give you and you mm-hmm. can lose yourself into um and we recently got announced does that like help you appreciate like, you know, animation, though? Yeah. Like seeing that. Well, I've always said, uh, you know, the there's so much more you can do with animation because you're, the viewer just itself will just disband belief, you know, mm-hmm. watching it. You know, you don't have to put so many rules behind everything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's kind of like with comic book movies. Mm-hmm. You know, comic books are it's such a different, like, medium um, where, you know, they, there's no worries about budget. So, for years, the reason why you didn't get decent comic book movies is because they couldn't do that mm-hmm. in film. It wouldn't live up to the comics. You know, Spider-Man was in, like, pre-production hell for years because they just couldn't put together what they would need to actually, like, you know, have a legitimate Spider-Man film, you know, that would live up to what the comic books, you know, just action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, James Cameron actually was attached to Spider-Man for a very long time, but he just basically said, like, the technology's not there yet. You know, we're not ready for this film. 
you know, until finally Sam Raimi, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and Sony like put it out there, and you know, they were ready with the CGI and everything. So I mean, I feel like some mediums definitely, you know, have their own like you know corner of the universe of what they do well. Um, but now film is, you know, if so, do you feel like if they put in like a cinematic budget? for these like anime remakes do you feel like that would change your opinion yes and i think if they 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 took the scripts and the writing as well as serious as the um animated series i would definitely get behind it more like they um recently announced uh cowboy bebop is going to be turned into a live action um series and that has a lot of people kind of shaking nerves because that's almost that's considered uh, a classic and a masterpiece in the anime world that's Mm -hmm. Um, it's got a really deep and well done story and really cared for characters. Okay. Whereas when you see what they did with Death Note and it, it turns it, well, Death Note is a bit of a like crazy series where it's this guy who writes names in a book and they die. And, and you're talking about like, um, you know, the ethics behind that, you know, what he's trying to do to the world and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you see the live action version, the live action version is very like, I'm an emo teen kid and I'm angry and angsty. Doesn't take the source material no, seriously. exactly. Okay. So you worry about that stuff, and then on top of that, then you have to worry about how it looks and how everything plays as well. So it's, it's like, on a, on a fundamental level, it's just weird. It's a weird concept when you're... Now, is the people behind Death Note going to be the people behind Cowboy Bebop, or is that going to be a separate studio? Is that not Netflix? It's it's all Netflix. That's it's definitely a Netflix original. Because Netflix has all the money in the world. They have so all the money like, in the world, can... but you think they would take it more seriously? They've been popping these out like crazy lately. So and it's all kind of in the same vein mm. as the Death Note kind of. Like there's there's a stigma at this point. It's so like um, there's the anime, there's the manga, and then there's also the Netflix adaptation. The Netflix adaptation is always like this really ugly image and everything. Uh-huh. Like I've seen the. Meme. Exactly. <laughs> I, know, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about at the time, but mm. yes, now I do. So, uh, well, that's too bad because you would think that they'd want to put out a decent product mm. because why Why would you go half-ass? And there's exactly. no reason to go half-ass in it. If they're not being critically acclaimed mm. and the fans are turned off by it, then what's the point? Like, I don't know like what their analytics are, if they're bringing actual money in with this, but then you you also have like the fact that some people have never heard of this, sh- this shit before and they're watching this live action for the first time and that takes them way out of it. They're not going to care about it. So exactly. it's just like, it's just going to seem like it's just a shitty fucking B movie. Exactly. You know, and where it could be a gateway to anime, mm. you know, if done right. I know. I look at things like daredevil and how well they've taken and how serious they've taken that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why can't we get that for this yeah. as well? It's just, but they've got Marvel money mm. too, you know, coming in. So like Marvel at this point, Kevin Faki, even though he's loosely associated with it, is not going to allow them to put out shit, mm-hmm. you know, anymore. So, um, you know, I think that probably is the difference. It's like what the controlling studio of the actual property is willing to allow. So, and I don't know if, you know, Cowboy, Bebop, and Death Note are like underneath the same studio or, you know. I'm not going to say 100% because I don't know and I okay. will get grilled on for that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I won't put you on the spot then. But I feel like that's also part of it. Mm. You know, if like, you know, the studio's just excited that someone wants to do something with their material. Mm. Or if the studio takes itself seriously and takes the material serious enough where like, no, that shit. 
you know, if you're going to, you know, have the right star material, you've got to actually put out like a decent product with it, you know, and, you know, have our vision. So I think, and that, that happened with the comic book universe though, for a long time, mm-hmm. shitty fucking comic book movies kept on being made because Marvel was just so happy that people wanted to do something mm-hmm. with their properties where after, you know, Iron Man, they realized, oh, wait a second. <laughs> you mean there's someone out there who actually takes this shit seriously and could put out a decent product? You know? I mean, so it really, it I think it really does matter, you know? It's sad that even as a kid, I could understand that Daredevil was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I was, like, eating up Spy Kids and everything at that time, so... Yeah, but you're like, oh, this is crap. <laughs> what were they thinking? You're the uh, angry uh, Hulk... You know, that mm. was horrible. Um, and there was, there's a, a quite a few fucking horrible, like like late 90s, you know, superhero movies, you know, which I think we even compared, I compared Venom to. That's what it felt like to me. Like, it felt like a very late 90s, you know, superhero, like comic book ad- adaptation to film where they just didn't really understand the source material mm. and said, okay, you know, he looks cool. Let's just do our own thing and, you know, put it on film. It was a cash grab. Yeah. And that's the problem with that becoming so successful. Yes. Is, hey, we can just continue to do this. Yes. And I, <laughs> that scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. You know? So I always worry what studios are thinking after such a success. Because it's all just numbers. Especially Sony. Mm-hmm. We're going to get that at me movie now. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> They're going to spin off every fucking Spider-Man Only if she had. gets to put on a uh, Venom suit. Other oh, than that. God. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something interesting. Something new. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. What else do we got news wise, man? Oh, uh, speaking of Marvel adjacent, uh we have Once Upon a Deadpool getting released. Um that is basically Deadpool two but PG thirteen. Yes, and they're using the framing device of the Princess Bride yes. to tell the story. You know? Which I I do I do find that funny. Yes, yes, it's, like, it's clever. Mm-hmm. It's definitely clever. So to kind of get around, you know, all those R-rated scenes, you know, the narrative is going to be, you know, Wade having Fred Savage, you know, an adult mm. Fred Savage tied up in his bed, um, you know, telling the story. So, I don't know. I was, after seeing the trailer, <laughs> you know, I, when I first heard about it, I mm. shit all over it. But after seeing the trailer, I was like, I'd probably watch that, you know. Um, and they actually shot some new scenes for it yes. also, like in one day. But, you know, that's kind of cool. Um I definitely think I would see it on, like, like during the day, not, like, at night, full price or anything like that. Yeah, I barely see any movies <laughs> at night, full price anymore. Mm. I'm a matinee guy, but I know what you're saying. You know, it's only running for two weeks, I think, between December 12th to December 24th. Mm. Um, and, like, a dollar of each ticket they sell are going to uh, Fudge Cancer. So, um, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, it's not a complete cash grab. Yes. Um, I'll probably end up buying the Blu-ray, I won't lie. So, <laughs> I'm just curious. It's kind of like Fox's last hurrah at this point. Yeah, really. And that's when it was first announced. It's like, oh God, they're just milking this thing mm. now. I mean, they're trying to get every last cent out of, you know, their superhero properties before it goes over to Disney. Which I get too, but I was like, come on, PG-13 Deadpool, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But... I don't know. It could. It could. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking popped. You know, for the the trailer. You know. <sighs> you know. The, the Nickelback producing the Beatles. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That was a good fucking. That life. was good shit. Um, 
we have more um, superhero type news. More of a villain. There's no such thing as a good superhero without a great villain. That's right. Uh, and this the is Joker. the greatest villain of them all. So, <laughs> the Joker. And my God, what the hell is with this movie and like all the like leaks that are going? We're gonna on. see the whole thing before it goes. Holy <laughs> shit! Like they need to tighten that up, man. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know if they're leaking it themselves. Because, like, some of the leaks, like, I mean, it mm. feels like they somehow got their footage. You know, we we just, and we just featured on Instagram, so whatever, they can come after us. But <laughs> they have fucking, you know, Keen Phoenix running through the streets of New York. You know, it it doesn't look like a stunt double. If it is a stunt double, they're really good. Like, getting hit by a fucking cab, rolling off, being chased by, you know, two detectives. I mean, it's like a full fucking scene from the movie. You know, it's even edited down. (laughs) This guy had time. Yes, right? (laughs) Like, no one noticed him standing there. That's why I'm like... Probably like this the whole time? This has to... It has to be a studio leak. Like, it just feels like they... I mean, I guess they're not... They're just shooting on the streets. None none of this has been closed sets. Even the restaurant sequence they have with uh, Zazie Beats, it was technically open. The restaurant was still open. That's crazy. That's crazy. Maybe that's just, you know, a director's choice. or you know, Gorilla style, man. man. He's just going for it. It <laughs> looks fucking great. I yes. mean, I'm excited for it, but we actually got a full, like, synopsis for the movie, yes. finally. So, um, so tell me what you think about this. All right. So it says, Joker centers around the iconic arch nemesis and is an original standalone story not seen before on the big screen. Uh, the exploration of Arthur Fleck Joaquin Phoenix, a man disregarded by society, is not only a gritty character study, but also a border cautionary tale. A broader cautionary tale. Excuse me. Um, Thoughts? Doesn't really tell us much. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as long as it ends with the Joker feeling like the Joker, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was still kind of worried about, you know... uh, they were trying to make it sound like um, Wayne was the main villain of the uh, film and everything. I, I don't know. It's uh, Well, yeah, we know that they originally actually casted Alec Baldwin as Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne. And he was supposed to be like this, you know, greedy, you know, Michael Douglas-like character in like Wall Street. Um, it, it just the epitome of what, you know, Arthur Fleck is, who's like this dominant you know, kind of character. So it, it, I feel like that's probably going to be legit, but mm. they did cast a young Bruce Wayne. So, um, you know, Batman is technically in this film, and I don't know if we're going to be seeing, like, you know, what happens, you know. To I just hope it's not Batman. him for anything. Just don't have the Joker kill his parents. Would it bother you that much? I feel like it would be a... I, I feel like it would be a shitty end to the film if that's where it goes. We talked about this before, right? Mm. It didn't ruin Tim Burton's Batman. You know? It didn't, no. You know? It, that. Do you think that would be a good tie-in to Like, I don't film? need fucking Joe Chill showing up. You know? <laughs> I I get it. I mean, it, I feel like it makes sense, though, to have that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. Um, and I don't think people would, fly, you know, bat an eye at it because... A lot of people know that origin mm-hmm. from the Tim Burton movie, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I I, I want to see this movie more and more. 
<laughs> so, I mean, every fucking still that, you know, leaks and, you know, every full fucking scene that we end up getting online. And we're nowhere near seeing this film. No, it's right. October mm-hmm. is when it's, so yeah, it's almost a year away. So, <laughs> I can't, we're going to, we're going to end up seeing the whole movie by the time this movie is yeah. actually released, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, cause yeah, we got the whole like subway scene that we saw and everything. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix looks like he's killing it, but who knows? You know, mm-hmm. we're not getting any dialogue at this point, but I, I love the look. The look's really grown on me. Um, man, I don't know. I'm just really fucking pumped up for this movie, but I love all things Joker. So, um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it sounds like they're doing a version of the killing joke to me though. It really does. I feel like they're going to at least be in the vein of the killing Mm. joke. It's going to be, you know, all it takes is one bad day. You know, I feel like that's what's going to end up happening. I feel like they're going to play up, um, the Joker being more of a sympathetic character though. And that, well, killing Joker, if you look at it, he is sympathetic, Mm. you know? The whole flashback scenes. He is a you know down as luck comedian who you know ends up losing his wife and his you know unborn child, you know in a freak accident. You know while he's like going to pull this heist to help support them. So he is a sympathetic character in that. You know it's just the the yeah, scenes that take the... place now where you know oh holy shit he's a fucking monster. <laughs> But if you look at that flashback shit, you know, because mm. I don't think you're going to get, obviously, you know, a, a modern day Joker, you know, no. taking on Batman and I feel know, like doing yeah. those awful things that he did. It'll Barbara. be killing jokeish without the modern yes. day. It's just going to be all the flashbacks from the killing joke. Unless the movie starts off with him shooting Barbara. That'd be. <laughs> wow. That'd be a choice, right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm. I love killing jokes, so <laughs> you know you know where I'm at on this. So um, they're really gonna have to shit the bed for me to hate this. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, what else do we got here? Well, film related, we have Candyman news. That's right, finally confirmed. Jordan Peele is producing Candyman, mm. and we actually got a director, uh, Naya. De- Costa, I believe you're saying I believe, that right. I hope so. <laughs> uh, young and up and coming mm. um, film director um, is you know on board. So and she's got uh, she did uh, I guess a couple short films that have been like critically acclaimed mm. and everything. Um, awesome. So and then uh, it's Jordan a, is on set to uh, write as well. Not yes. Just, uh, yes. Writers, He's so. supposed to be co-writing it. Um, I don't know who else is. Did they say who else was supposed to be writing it? I didn't see who else was. Unless it's really just going to end up being Jordan, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Mm. Um, but then it's, they're saying that it's supposed to, obviously they have some sort of script because they're saying it's a spiritual sequel to the original, which is their way of not saying it's a remake. I feel mm. like, <laughs> well, it's a spiritual sequel. Soft reboot. Yes. how I call yes. it. Yes. <laughs> um, and then it's going to be set in Chicago again. We found that out. And we actually got a date for it, June 12, 2020. So they're full steam ahead. Yes. If they've got a date already, you know, they're in fucking middle mm. of pre-production on this. So um, they have not casted Candyman yet. Um, there's already, like, people campaigning for Tony Todd to come back. Um, I'd sign that. Would you? <laughs> Do you feel like he's too old? No. Do you feel like it's just going to garner too many, like, comparisons to the original? 
I mean, yes, because it's it depends on how much of a sequel we're talking. You know, mm-hmm. if it is a reboot, then yeah, that might bother me a lot more. If it was him, mm-hmm. and that's something new, do you think going they in a different do direction, a period piece with it? Do you think it actually takes place in like the early nineties, or do you think they like modernize? It? I think they modernize it. Okay. I think they're going to, especially off the um, heels of uh, Halloween, they're going to keep it yeah. right now. Yeah. Although I feel like Jordan Peele's kind of the artist who doesn't give a shit about that. So I feel like it's going to be whatever his vision is. Mm. But I feel like his vision is to keep it modern. So it's, you know, relatable. I think there's enough yeah, to talk about now. Anyway, yes. So. Exactly. And I feel like this is the perfect movie to be remade at this mm. time. It's just the perfect storm, especially with, like, Jordan Peele behind mm. it and everything, with the success of, like, Get Out and everything, and that was one of my favorite movies of last year. So, um, I'm excited. Um, it, it's, it's such a great movie, and I feel like it's underrated, you know? Um, I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle, just because the sequels were kind of crap, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, it didn't really, like, live up to, like, its franchise potential, if you will. A lot. I think both were straight to DVD at the time, so um, it never had the success of the original. But the original by Clive Barker is just so awesome. Such a great film. I mean, still terrifying. Holds up completely. Tony Todd is one of the best fucking you know, hmm. um, you know, horror you know actors out there. Oh, he's the like voice. Huh? The voice alone. Hmm. You know. <laughs> Um, you know it's Tony Todd before you even fucking see him. You know, all you have to do is hear that voice. So, whoever they do have, you know, putting on the trench coat, if you will, um, is going to have that kind of signature voice to pull it off. So, um, maybe they just, you know, do a voiceover with Tony Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Darth Vader, huh? Because Tony Todd's got to be at least, I mean, he's still doing work. He's still out there. Mm. Uh, But he's got to be in his, like, late 60s i want to say so um because there was even a point where robert england robert england was like listen i'm too old for this i can't you know (laughs) although he just popped up in um he just put the makeup on for the goldbergs so after we live in chicago so he just did a convention like Mm. a year ago where it's supposed to be his quote-unquote last time in the freddy krueger makeup he was charging a ridiculous amount of money for like pictures I would have totally, like, spent it. <laughs> uh, But I knew, even then, I was like, this isn't the last time, mm. you know, he's in that makeup, you know. Something's going to come up. And sure enough, like, a year and a half later, you know, he's in the makeup again. So, um, but yeah, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it five times because I'm still terrified. But yes, I can't wait. Uh, was there any other type of media news? So yeah, we got some Star Wars news also. Uh, out of nowhere, I heard nothing of this, but Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures is going to be like this kid-friendly, like, like bite-sized, like, clip show that's going to be like animated, like the first like six films it looks like they're going to be animating them they heavily showed the the original trilogy but there was the one sequence with yoda and doku i think yes yes there's a few other sequences i think in there too but yeah they were definitely showing you Mm. the original trilogy with good reason (laughs) (laughs) 
But they're going to be kind of doing what they've done. And it seems like a lot of kids' animations going this way, where they do like these kind of like four-minute episodes, three-minute episodes. I just don't know if kids have the attention span anymore <laughs> to sit down for a half hour, I guess, or they just don't believe they do. Because I, I uh, Justice League, uh, I believe it's called Justice League Action, had a series like this recently. Um, Star Wars's uh, Forces of uh, Destiny mm-hmm. also has a series like that, and then um, they also have a DC Superhero Girls has a, a series like this where it's like yeah, I think four you minute have, clips. You have a ton of cord cutters nowadays, a ton of kids on iPads, just got a YouTube app, load it up. Yeah, that's exactly, I've got a four-year-old, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So it seems like they feel like this will be a good like introduction, though, to like you know the Star Wars universe, which... It looks really good. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I'll sit down and watch them all. So, no, It was some pretty fluid animation. I was impressed. So. Yes, yes. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be... It didn't sound like Leia. It didn't sound like Carrie Fisher, the one scene that I heard. So I don't know if they're using the actual, like, you know, the original, like, dialogue from the film. See, I wasn't sure, because when I was listening to it, I thought I could hear, like, it was like directly from the film, and maybe they were like trying to scrub it a little bit with one... Han and Chewie. At least. Yeah, that sounded like Harrison Ford, mm. but then like Carrie Fisher did not sound like Carrie Fisher to me. And maybe it was just that particular scene, mm. you know. But she didn't have the weird like British accent that she had in like New Hope, um, so that was a little odd. So I don't know if they're gonna have like voice actors, you know, you know, portraying these different scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I'm. Like, I've been looking for a way to, like, introduce Star Wars to my daughter, um, and this is a good way to do that, I feel like. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being out of sequence, because it sounds like they're just going to be, like, releasing batches of these. If they if they follow the model they did do with, like, Forces of Destiny, where they kind of, like, have these micro-seasons where they just do, like, eight, you know, three-minute, like, episodes at a time, and they just put it out there. Um they're all over the place. They jump timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not real like fluid like continuity to any of them, which is fine. It works for that show. Um, which is if you're looking, if you have a young one, you're looking for a gateway. Forces of Destiny is a great gateway for them. But if you're looking for a way to like really introduce them to like the original trilogy, and they're still a little too young, it might be a little too intense for them. This looks like it could be the route to take. Um, so I, I was impressed with the animation. I really mm. was. Um, and it just, like I said, it just came out of nowhere. But it, it shows you now, you know, they're Star Wars. They're Disney. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they can put out whatever the hell they want. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really excited for this. I just found out about it today. So. I mean, in the sense of it just being a taste for kids, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. I, I, like, you're not going to watch them all, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I agree with you. I would prefer if it was, like, in order and, like, each story was, like, just, like, here, 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 but it's going in order in some sense. But I get it. If it's just, like, oh, it's just, like, to give people a taste of Star Wars. Yeah, they'll probably just idea. do, like, all the big beats, mm. you know, um, you know, from all the fan- from all the films. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I guess it's the way that kids are doing like cartoons nowadays. I don't know. That seems bizarre to me, but mm. I guess you're like you're right. You're on your fucking iPad or whatever, and you know you just need a quick like you know three minute source of entertainment. You know to distract the kid while you're shopping at Target. Why not? You know that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, yay Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that wasn't the only animated news that we had today. We 
We're talking a lot of animation today. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there was also a trailer for... Well, tell them the truth. Why are we talking a lot of animation today? What the fuck were we supposed to get today? Oh, well, we're supposed to get a trailer for Avengers. Yes, yes. And they duped us again. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about a last episode. Yes. That there was supposed to be, uh, on Black Friday, they're supposed to be dropping Avengers 4. Huge rumor. Mm-hmm. Every fucking news source is reporting it. And then Black Friday comes and goes and there's no fucking trailer. And then, what, two days ago, they start saying, no, Wednesday. Wednesday, they're going to drop fucking Avengers 4, and we're all excited because that's when we <laughs> podcast, so we can, like, literally do a live reaction, mm. and then, of course, midday, they're like, nope, it's like, no trailer, um, and now the rumor's tomorrow. So just despite us, I feel like it's going to drop, like, tomorrow morning at, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> I'm still thinking they're waiting until Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl? See, that's what I was thinking originally, but it feels late now. But I guess they, like we said before, they don't even need to mm. fucking drop a trailer. You know, we're all going. <laughs> so they just need to give us a title, and that's about it. It literally could just be the title screen, mm. and everyone would be fucking stoked. <laughs> you know, everyone would be pumped up for that. Was amazing. Um, it's it's annihilation, people. I, I'm guaranteeing it's annihilation. So, uh, but anyway, yes, yes, I'm waiting on the edge of my seat for this fucking trailer. Mm. Um, but anyway, so yes, instead we have a lot of animation. Um, we got a Young Justice trailer, an official trailer. Um, the show is dropping in January. Um, the trailer looked amazing. Um, this is one of my favorite animated, like, comic book series. Um, just what, I believe it was, it was, no, it was Cartoon Network. What they did to them was just unjust, you know, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, they de- they would just delay seasons and like episodes. It was a fucking nightmare because it was mm-hmm. such a good series and like it was the kind of series that would hook you where you have to you couldn't wait to see the next episode and then like it would just disappear for like three months for some reason. Um, so it it just drove fans nuts. Um, but it it was so well. It's one of my favorite like animated like you know you know, a uh, comic book series from the big two. It really is. So um, it was just so well done. It made me care about characters that I never cared about in the comics. I mean, I Aqualad was one of my fucking favorite characters, you know, in this in this series. And who gives a shit about Aqualad? Uh-huh. <laughs> but they, they reinvented him for this, really. So um, this is like Black Manta is in this, and he's such a fucking badass, you know. Um, you know, Black Manta to me is always like Aquaman's like, horny fucking villain, you know, with mm. a giant weird fishbowl thing on his head. But this series, you know, made me really appreciate how fucking badass Black Manta is. Um, but it, I don't know. I don't know. The trailer looks great. It seems like there's some kind of, like, metahuman trafficking going on that's going to, like, get the team back together somehow. Um, it, they're going to be playing with the outsiders, too, it seems like. Mm. So I don't know if it's going to be this weird like hybrid between like the Young Justice team and the Outsiders team, but if it's out of the Outsiders, it makes sense because you're going to be getting a lot more Batman, and obviously Batman sells. Um, Batman and Katana are in this mm. um, trailer. Um, not a significant amount. You know, it feels like it's still going to be really Nightwing's show, um, which is the way it should be. But, um, you know, they're in there enough where it's like, okay, we're going to definitely be getting a lot of Batman. You know, so and, and that makes sense if it's the outsiders because it's Batman's team, really. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm really really fucking like 
now I'm like, it's only a matter of time before <laughs> I just get the, the streaming service. The streaming service yeah. yeah, they've got me now. So. <laughs> God damn it. It's it's reasonably priced, though. I think mm. it's like 7 something a month. That's not bad. No. Then you got to add your Disney Plus for all your Star Wars shows and whatever, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cancel Showtime or something. It'll be fun. What the fuck's on Showtime now? Nowadays, I, nothing. Honestly. <laughs> I haven't watched Showtime in probably a year or two. Mm. So, yeah, I'll just cancel Showtime. And after Game of Thrones ends, you could end. Uh, HBO, pretty much. Yeah, but you know what? HBO's got the fucking... You have their whole library. Mm. You know, so it's basically like HBO streaming. So I, I won't cancel that. Okay. I'm not canceling that. <laughs> I still need to see Sopranos and The Wire randomly. So, uh, But is that it for the news? That's going to be it for news. We got a lot of comics to get into, man. A lot of comics. And I don't remember a goddamn thing that. <laughs> so... Christian is going to lead the way. Oh, no. Hey, folks. Brandon Fisher here from Sack'em Up Sundays, and you're listening to Christian and Damon's Amazing Nerd Show. You can find this show and other great shows like it over at dramacityproductions.com. Now accessing comics. Uh, This week we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men number two. Um, does X-Men Disassembled mean the final adventure for mutant heroes? Question mark? Didn't really feel like it. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy this book a lot more than I enjoyed the first issue. Yes, there's a lot more going on. Um, I, I had no issues with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like just a continuation of what happened in the first one. Pretty Multiple much. mans out there. Jamie's mm-hmm. going fucking crazy and just attacking. Uh, nature's gone awry. We've got, you know, extinct creatures just showing back up on Earth, um, rivers popping up. It feels like, you know, basically the Earth is, you know, going backwards time-wise. Mm. So um, the X-Men are actually scared, um, and they're not sure if everything is all connected, like the disappearance between, like the d- disappearance of, like, Kitty Pride and the Senator, um, what Bishop is witnessed, you know, with the Sugar Man last issue, mm. you know, it's all connected. but they're all trying to like solve this mystery i always dig a good mystery so i'm on board i like everything that's going on with jamie madrix i think you know he's a cool character yeah i love from this uh them seeing it from space and it's kansas and he's just expanding so much consuming kansas yeah (laughs) yeah um because he's a terrible really you know Mm -hmm. he's probably one of the most powerful mutants out there no one even thinks about it because he can just keep on multiplying so um i'm guessing that he's probably the original jamie's probably captive somewhere and this is just kind of his dupes you know gone awry they're all manifesting powers though which is interesting Mm -hmm. um i've never seen that before and you know the characters are kind of commenting on it um this issue too for me i liked the dynamic between the characters a lot um, they felt more like a team. And they did little things in this where like they showed them in a locker room getting ready. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, the banter between like Gene and like Bobby, you know, felt good. Um, you know, it, I liked those scenes. Because that's what, the X-Men are always more of a family mm. than they are like a team. So it feels like they're kind of, fo- like with this issue at least, they're focusing more on that. Yeah, I definitely you know? did uh, like those moments. 
I guess I just don't understand Jean's reasoning for not wanting to go deal with um, Jamie. I think, well, because, right, she was, what was, she, she was, She's um, in um, Cerebro and sees that this is happening, pretty much, with Jamie, just multiplying, multiplying, and that he's confused, and then she's just immediately like, no, Storm has to go. Uh-huh. And there's no reason for why both of them wouldn't have addressed that issue. I guess she didn't know the scale, maybe, at the time? Well, she's pretty... You're right, though, because she is pretty freaked out by what she sees. And she mm. kind of... Because they're all about to go on a mission at that point. Um, but she stops everything and sends Storm's team to, you know, address Jamie. And maybe it's just, you know, purely based on power set. Um, you know... That's the only thing I'm guessing, but you would think that you... And I guess Psylocke is there, too. Yeah. So Psylocke, she's not as powerful as Jean, but, you know, you you would want a psychic there, a telepath, to mm. kind of, like, calm Jamie. Um, so you would think that she would go, but for some reason she's there attacking, or, um, you know, battling the dinosaur. So, is a fucking badass in that, though. Yes. Right? <laughs> that was a great moment. She gets eaten alive by the T-Rex, and, you know, give her a minute, give her a minute, <laughs> she tears it open. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I still wish she was in the Wolverine costume, though. You can have two Wolverines. I guess. But when they're going to be putting out, what, five different Wolverine books in the oh, future? Oh, shortly. Yeah. It's, it's not more. <laughs> <laughs> but you could deal with one more, right? <laughs> I'd still read. You could, yeah, exactly, right? She was so badass in that mm. costume, man. Um, I took this, though. I really did. I like, I'm, I'm liking the team. I'm liking what's going on with the Young Avengers, where they feel left out. The Young uh, X-Men? Young X-Men. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> where they're feeling left out, and, I mean, the mo- the banter there was very fun, where they're talking about how they got beat up by f- four-arm yes. team anyway, so yes. of course they got left behind, but... Yes, and I'm interested to see where it goes with um, the reveal of Legion showing up at the mansion and everything. That's right, and once again, it seems like Armors are the the character who's mm. really you know bitching the most, who has the most angst, and really stirring up the rest of the younger X Men. So I'm wondering if we get a heel turn um, from her um, to use another mm. you know medium slang. But yeah, I could totally see something like that happening. I hope not though, because I love that character. Um, you know, but maybe this ends up with the X-Men integrating those younger characters more. Because they've been around for quite a while now. So I feel like it's time for them to step up. And they've teased it in the past where, you know, okay, well, this character's on the X-Men. But then they're not really. They're mm-hmm. always being, like, kind of held back. Um, like Pixie and Armor. Um, and then Rockslide. I always feel like they're about to graduate but never do. And maybe this is their way of, you know actually bringing them to the main I just feel like they just need the same amount of attention that they gave, like, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Well, especially Armor. Because I mean, Armor was such a big focus of Joss Whedon's run with Astonishing X-Men, where you really felt like she was, you know, she was part of that main mm-hmm. team. And then for some reason, you know, and it, it, they changed writers so much, you know, and maybe a few writers just weren't interested in her, but she got lost in the shuffle then after that, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, so hopefully they've got big things planned for I just don't want to see her, you know, turn to, like, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants just because she's not getting enough attention from the X-Men. Because I feel like that's betraying the character. Mm. You know, I know she's an angsty teenager, but it, it that's not 
the armor that we're introduced to. Uh, I just feel like right now she's going to be in a situation where she's going to be manipulated Mm -hmm. into doing this. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that, especially with a character like Legion Mm. around. So I was surprised to see Legion there. Um, I don't remember even the last time I saw I think it was the Age of Max the last time I saw him. He um, basically like created this whole like reality for the X-Men. Um, you know, it was a, it was a decent storyline. But I know he's been around since then, but I haven't really seen much of him. But mm-hmm. now through solicitations, once again, we know that they've got an event coming out called The Age of X-Men, I believe. So um, David was a big part of Age of Apocalypse. He was the one who kind of started Age of Apocalypse. Um, he goes back in the past trying to save his um, father and execute uh, Magneto, um, thinking that it's going to, you know, save a lot of heartache and everything for his dad. Um, but he ends up accidentally killing his father and starting the Age of Apocalypse. Um, X-Man is a character that is part of Age of Apocalypse. Um, is the younger, like, Nate Gray uh, cable, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so it seems like somehow that character is back. And I'm wondering if that somehow is going to tie in to everything that happened we've seen with like Sugar Man and like Dark Beast on the mm-hmm. run in the last issue, um, if he's really the source. So only time will tell. Um, so I had no Good interest. choice of words with X-Men as well. Yes, right. <laughs> I have no interest in X-Men. I was mm. I was never he's he eventually came to the six one six reality after everything, so did a lot of the cooler, you know, characters in Age of Apocalypse. I just never cared much for that character, so I'm not too excited about that. But if there's a good story, there's a good story. So um and Legion's always fun. Do you think they'll deal with both cables at the time? What do you mean? Because we got the younger Cable yes. right now. And he is sticking around. We've mm-hmm. seen that he's going to be part of the X-Force book. Probably. And that's just going to be a headache. <laughs> um, you know, whenever you have that, you know, all those alternate realities mm-hmm. and time traveling, clashing, it just, I don't know. It makes me queasy. <laughs> so I just um, want to know what's going to happen with, like, Cyclops at this point. And we know he's coming back soon, yes. too. Um who knows? Who knows? And maybe it's somehow tied to whatever's happening in uh, extermination, which we still don't know how it ends. <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> like, when you say, you know, like, time's unraveling, it's like, okay, maybe that's an effect of, you know, Cyclops being killed. But we also know by in the future we're going to get Cyclops back. So I don't... Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I said, I think part of my disappointment with last issue is I thought it was going to be a direct tie into so, to what mm. we were seeing. Um, an extermination. So um, it it was kind of interesting that it had nothing to do with it, yeah. seemingly at all. So by interesting, I mean disappointing. <laughs> I mean they heavily alluded to it. They did. The they did. So. Well, you've got you know extermination, and then you have you know what is it called uh, disassembled right mm-hmm. afterwards. So it, yeah, it, there's no reason why you wouldn't tie those together. Like I said, I enjoyed the second issue. I'm glad this is weekly. You know, we'll get a, the next chapter literally next Wednesday. Mm. So, Or actually, we have it right now. Yes. We just haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a fast-moving mm. story. Um, which, hey, man, if, like with five-minute cartoon episodes now, I guess we need weekly comic books, you know, which I would have fucking loved when I was 13 years old. Now I'm like, this is too many books to read. I can't handle this. <laughs> 
All right, what else do we have, Christian? Uh, next I have Shuri number two. Uh, the search for T'Challa begins. The king of Wakanda has been missing for weeks. Now his little sister is tired of waiting. It's time for Shuri, with a little help from Storm of the X-Men, uh, to go save her brother. What must be the millionth time? But Wakanda expects the princess to take the throne. Um, and they also want her to take the mantle of the Black Panther. And the issue starts with her just saying no. <laughs> really? Yes. The uh, last issue uh, we ended off with uh, the council pretty much deciding, hey, we want you to you know, take up pretty much the throne and the mantle. And she did at one point, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's okay. one of her main reasons for saying no. She's okay. like, I died doing this last time. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she still thinks that she can you know, find him on her own and everything. Uh, and she immediately, as she runs home... Uh, runs into Storm. Storm has information uh, from an ex-girlfriend of T'Challa's that uh, that's awkward. His yeah. ex-wife and his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, they make it seem like um, they mended fences and are back together in some way. Like, married? or Not married, but at least... Well, Storm was actually part of... I don't know what the book was called. There was a kind of book. There was like a King of Wakanda book or yeah. something like that. They they uh, said go back and read this at some point in, in okay. that book. So, um, I like this issue a lot. Um, it did it did for me what the first one didn't, where it was more like, you know, you were kind of getting a reintroduction to Shuri and everything was going on, but now this seems like, hey, here's her power set. Here's what's going on in her life. Let's go. Let's go immediately. Um, I like the interactions between Storm and the ex-girlfriend. There's a lot of tension right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. The ex-girlfriend, I can't remember her name, Rikoko or something like that. Sure. She does like spiritual-based science, and what she does is she takes um, Shuri's soul pretty much and sends it into space to go find um, T'Challa. Uh, when that happens, she finds the ship, but she can't control herself. So she keeps going past it and just like flies into the ether and lands, spoilers, in Groot's body. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> Holy random. That's not where I saw this story going. No, not at all. Whatsoever. I so now you've got a Groot, like, possessed by Shuri? Yes. Okay. It ends with, I am Shuri. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. Okay, yeah, I would not in a million years. Like, if you told me, how do you, how do you think this book ends, that's not. Hmm. Like, like, I, I thought would this would just that. be, you know, finding T'Challa and getting him back and, you know. Yes. Like, yes. Just kind of like a playful story of how she, like, deals so with all that. So now Groot and the Guardians are probably going to show up now and yes. be part of this story. Okay, that's pretty badass. That's I'll interesting. I think that's, it'll take you on a much uh, deeper ride than I expected for this story to go. Especially, like, this seemed like it was almost... Kind of cash grabby, you know. You know, everyone was excited by her character in the movie, so of course, here's a brand new book for you. I would definitely agree if it was like a mini series, but this seems like it's going to be an ongoing. Mm. And if they actually put the time into it, I mean, this is a character that's well deserving of a firm book. So I was excited by this. I haven't read an issue yet, mm. <laughs> but there's only two in the can right now, so I probably will pick these up and you know check them out. Because um, yeah, I mean, it's an awesome character. You know, even before, you know, Black Panther, it, it, she was always been very interesting. I'm curious to see if they've written her to the movie at all. Um, you know, if she feels different at all. 
than how she did before in the comics. I would say the first issue definitely plays a lot more on the strengths of the film character. Okay. Where it's focusing on her, like, I'm a creator and everything. Though in this book, she does have a car that folds almost into a paper size. Oh, yeah? She just, like, throws it out. (laughs) (laughs) Something doesn't work. How would that work? (laughs) That's not real. I could deal with her possessing Groot, but... Paper car, get out of here. <laughs> well, I think what I like about her character is her connection to uh, the um, pretty much all those who have died. Like, she has all the memory and knowledge of all of her ancestors. Of all the, like, Black Panthers in the past? Yes. Okay. Um, and they, like, stick with her. Like, they are, like, on her every single day, like, talking to her. Oh, really? Yes. So you're getting, like, an open dialogue between mm-hmm. her and these, like... And, like, other people that are from Wakanda understand that she has this, so... Like, when she's openly talking to no one, they're like, they know who she's talking to. Oh, that's bizarre. Okay. <laughs> but when her soul got uh, taken out... Because uh, it's not like T'Challa's walking around talking no. to spirits. So I wonder why Shuri is. Uh, something in her past stories um, got her connected to it. More connected yes. than, okay, even T'Challa. All right, that's cool. So, um, is it more comedic in tone? Or is it, you know, because you say, like, she ends up in Groot right away, I'm thinking, okay. Is this book really a comedy? Um, you know, if it ends with I am Shuri, it feels like <laughs> a comedy to me. Um, I didn't get that sense. Okay. You know, I, there was no, like, really fun mo- Like, the funnest moment was her. It's not the West Coast car. Avengers. No, it's not okay, the West Coast thank Avengers. Thank God. Actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that ended abruptly, by the way. Uh huh. Rightfully Moving so. on. <laughs> All right. Well, I will definitely be checking this out. Um, and you recommend it, obviously. Yes, I definitely recommend this one. Awesome. Uh, next up, we have The Punisher, number four. Um, and this is also by Matthew Rosenberg. He is We're reviewing a lot of Matthew Rosenberg uh, books this week because he also was part of the Uncanny X-Men mm. book. And he's going to be part of the Astonishing book that we're going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, so The Punisher, number four. Where is the blurb, Christian? Why am I not seeing Oh, here we go. Sorry, guys. Uh, the chips are down, and The Punisher is boxed in. Do his pursuers think that they can make him more dangerous or less? Nobody puts Frank in a corner. God, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he blows his way out of that corner. <laughs> Fucking badass, man. This mm. was a, I, Man, I cannot say enough about this series. This is what I want from a Punisher mm. book. It really is, because this is non-stop action. If you read like the first four issues all the way through, it's just non-stop. Mm. You know? Um, you know, Hydra's coming after him. We've got Jigsaw freeing him from the cell, you know, just to get his hands on them. Uh, we think Nick Fury's with him, but it ends up being fucking Chameleon out of nowhere, mm. which is awesome. Um, and, you know, you're seeing why Frank Castle is the fucking Punisher, you know. He stacks bodies to protect himself in the cell. He's taking people out. The art in this is fucking awesome. Yes, I love that page where it's... Um... Frank's face and uh, Jigsaw's face together. Yes. Yes. Um, I love to... There's something about the art reminds me of Frank Miller's, like, work. Um, Just the shadows that he's using, the lighting. There's a lot of, like, use of just different lighting and everything. There's a scene with a lighter um, where they're kind of using, like... In the the dark. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's just phenomenal work. Um, It gives it a very, like, cinematic kind of feel to it. So um, I can't recommend this book any any more than I already have. 
So this is one of my favorite, like, newer books, and it kind of just came out of nowhere. I had no idea, you know, um, this was even out. Um, so I, I, I'm, it's, it's a very nice surprise to have, you know, every, you know, month now. So um, it, it really is. So I'm just enjoying the shit out of this book. We'll see how it ends, but we have a new Mandarin um, pop-up yes. at the end of this. Um, Frank, of course, because he's the Punisher, shows up to a Hydra meeting. Um, it's just, you know, killing fucking Hydra agents. It's like a recruitment meeting or yes. something. Um, so he doesn't give a shit that he's being hunted. He's going straight for mm. them. Um, you have fucking Zemo on the screen <laughs> reacting to Frank, you know, slaughtering all these people. And then all of a sudden you have a new Mandarin, you know, show up. So um, it's a cool scene. Um, was it a new one or was it the it same It seems guy? like it. No, no. It is someone who is... Who, he talks about his master, so I think it was okay. someone who worked with Mandarin. Because so. just the character looked very similar, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's younger, but yeah, I could see that. So, but um, yeah, he he refers like he won't be like easily like fooled or you know, um, like his master was. So it's definitely a different character. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm sure he kills him in the first two pages. So. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Black Widow questioning Frank to see if he had killed the cops? I I didn't mind that scene because, like Frank said, if you thought the answer was yes, I'd be dead already. Mm. So I didn't mind that. You know, I was fine with that. So. It, it felt almost like a throwaway, though. It's just like, okay, she's here, but she already knows the truth. Mm-hmm. But she probably just needs to check for herself. Mm. And then, you know, obviously... Frank is kind of one of the reasons why she ended up dying, you know, in Secret mm. Empire. So um, I think they're just kind of teasing that a little more. I feel like she's going to be more involved in the story arc as we go on. So, you know, but yeah, she knew the answer already. So mm. I was fine. As long as they had that line in there, I was okay with it. Because she should know better that he doesn't, you know, kill cops. So, um, but yeah, yeah, great book. <laughs> I can't recommend it anymore, so I just won't. Um, <laughs> but moving on to something that was a little more disappointing, for me at least. Uh, Spider-Geddon, number four. Uh, as long as Solus, the father of the Inheritors, has not returned, the spider still stands a chance. If he's revived, it means Kane and Spider-Woman's Spider-Force has fallen, and the Spider-Eaters have one leader, one cause— total annihilation so first of all i'm a little annoyed because he is resurrected mm. so we know spider force didn't succeed but that book is still fucking going on right now well it came out the same week yeah but there's still another issue oh i, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a third one yeah no. there's another issue so i'm annoyed like right off the bat so i mean they show her kind of uh jessica drew escaping alone so, like, right away, okay, well, everyone else is dead, probably. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It just feels like everything's happening really quickly, but, like, nothing's really happening in this book. Like, I felt like this issue was just a bunch of people in Spider-Man costumes sitting around bitching at each other. I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I, I like the interactions that we're having. I liked the moment where Otto and Miles are finally making up. I liked seeing... Um, Osborne, you know, go along with his plan, leaving, mm-hmm. you know, being the asshole that he was in the, all those moments, and then leaving out 
fairly the point. I thought that it built a little bit of like. I would have been fine with all those moments if they were sprinkled throughout the last couple books or like throughout like other action scenes. I can I agree with that. You know, especially knowing that this is number four of a five issue series. Like just felt like it just kinda abruptly like stalled all of a sudden. Mm. This yeah. definitely did feel more like a like a third or second issue rather than Yes. You know, this is the end now. <laughs> just the pacing felt wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe you won't be able to tell if you read it all together as you know, collected, but it just felt like, okay, we've just like, you know, slowed down to like a snail's pace and we're just all just chit chatting and arguing now. Um, you know, and the novelty of having all these Spider Men in a room is kinda of worn off, you know, on me. <laughs> At this point, you know, after you've gone through the whole, like, Spider-Verse, you know, Web Warrior shit, like, okay, we've seen this before. Let's get to the action. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, it, I I dug the last couple of issues, though, so, I mean, I'm not completely off this book, and I'm obviously going to see it all the way through. There's mm. one issue left, so hopefully they end on a big note. Yeah, I just worry about the last issue at this point, because is it, is it going to be a larger issue, or are they going to, you know, jam-pack a lot of exposition and a lot of fighting into one. Is it going to be more of like an epilogue? Like, yes. And we're missing a lot probably because we're not reading all the tie-ins. So, um, you know, it, it felt like like we are safe in doing that mm-hmm. up to this issue. Like, I feel like this issue kind of leans on those tie-ins more where like, okay, well, you're getting the full story if you're reading those tie-ins. Because I don't know what the hell's going on with fucking Spider-Gwen at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she hasn't been in the last two issues. No. And so. what we know of her from just reading the base is that she's trapped in another universe. Yes, yes. So we don't know what the, you know, resolution was of that. You know, luckily we are actually reading the Spider-Force. Mm-hmm. So, um, even though this kind of spoils it a little. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, I mean, like, I, you're right. You know, the Miles and the, you know, Octopus, you know, that moment was pretty cool. I like, you know, Doc Ock being a scumbag still, you know, and, like, seemingly mm. selling them out, even though you know that he's got, a, you know, a card up his sleeve that he's not showing. That's part of his plan, you know, because he just has no scruples when it comes to sacrificing people's, you know, feelings or trust. Um, so he's going to do what he thinks best. As know? someone who plays the PlayStation Spider-Man, I like what they're doing with him in this, where he's, like, talking um, to Miles and, like, He's realizing what Miles can be. In his you own. like what they're doing with the PlayStation uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Though I feel like I would have rather that as well been sprinkled a little bit more throughout the last few issues, rather than he's there like figuring out about everyone all together at once. You know. Yeah, I like. It. There's good beats in this. I just wish the presentation, like the way that their paciness mm. was different. You know, I feel like a lot of these interactions could have been, like, throughout the last, you know, three issues. Um, and we could have gotten a little more action this issue. Because even with, you know, the father being resurrected, it didn't feel like a big enough scene to me. You know? Yeah, and Jessica could have fought uh, fought them a little bit more. Like, especially, she just, Jessica had a kid, correct? I'm not, yes, I'm not wrong. That was, like, the beginning of her yeah. story, so, like... Shouldn't she be freaking out a little bit more that she's about to get killed and uh-huh. eat, and even though she's her, she's poisoned to them. Yeah, she, there should still be a little bit more fight in her. I think. Yeah, I still don't understand why she has that radiation suit on then. <laughs> <laughs> to fit in, I don't know. It was like okay, 
was like, if you're radiation proof, then why do you need to wear the fucking suit? You know? I, and I, that's a power set I had no idea she fucking had. Because why would you have that power set? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feels like something that they just used to get her out of a jam in one book, and like someone just remembered it for this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. All right. Next up, we have another Matthew Rosenberg book. Go figure. Astonishing X-Men number 17. All right. It's X-Men versus the Reavers versus Sentinels. But in this battle royal, who will come out on top? And will Havoc finally prove himself to be the X-Man he claims to be? Eh, not really. <laughs> he does. I mean, this felt very much like a final issue of the series, and it was. Mm. So, which was disappointing to me because I didn't know exactly, like, if this team was going to stay together. I, I liked this team. You know, and I felt like they were starting to gel. So, and knowing that, there's really, like, n- nothing's going to come out of any of these storylines, you know. I mean, they touched on Beast, you know, joining up with, you know, the main roster team of the X-Men. Um, but that's really it. Like, it's not like Havoc is part of, you know, that team. And it just seems like there's not much resolution mm-hmm. for these characters. They're on the run now from, you know, the government, supposedly. Um, you know, Havoc, I guess, had a nice moment at the end where he kind of, like, sacrifices himself um, to, you know, uh, basically stall for the team as they, you know, take off and, you know, an X-Jet. But besides that, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I would have liked one more arc out of this. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I dug this team, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, there's a bunch of, like, random characters, and... If you read um, Matthew Rosenberg's, like, little letter at the end of the book, it kind of explains, like, these are all his favorite characters, you know, throughout his childhood. So it kind of makes sense because we're like, this team makes no sense <laughs> when we were, when we first started talking mm. about this book. Um, it, it, I don't know. At the end of the day, I felt like these characters kind of complemented each other. Um, and I dug that, you know. I, so it's kind of sad to see it come to that. Yeah, and it seems like the astonishing book is done for now at least. I mean, I know they'll bring back the you know the title at one point or another, mm. but I was very focused on on Cammy right now. Yes, yes, that seems to be what the focus is. Um, you know, I was hoping my hopes for this was like you were just gonna get like you know Marvel's best writing, you know, their X Men story. Um, so it's it's unfortunate that it ends with you know issue number what was it seventeen. So, but basically, we have, you know, the X-Men prevailing over the Sentinels, you know, controlled Reavers, in a very, like, I don't know. Very easily. Yes, yes. It just seemed very convenient. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and the Reavers, they're, they're not the smartest bunch, so, I don't know. But then, like, everything with, you know, the Ones director and everything, that felt very cartoonish to me you know like Havoc like kind of blackmailing them and everything like I was like really this guy's gonna fall for this yeah um, I, I didn't I mean I didn't like that moment at all yeah I did like the moment where Kitty kind of is bashing Havoc and Warpath is like I'll follow that man anywhere um, I thought that was okay I dug that and I felt like that gave a nice closure to like Havoc's story at least mm-hmm. here Havoc still felt off to me he felt like way too much of a goof. 
Um, if you read the Uncanny Avengers, you know, especially the first, like, couple, yeah. like, Because <laughs> he comes off almost like Scott Summers light. Yeah. That, and then you get him here and... Yes. Yes. He just seems like such a fuck-up. And... I, I, so I enjoyed his character throughout this. Yes. Yes. That being said, I did enjoy it, but it just felt off to me. Mm. I guess I, they were playing him up from, like, just, you know, for more comedy, and I, I get that. Because he, I mean, he does fuck up a lot as a character that's there, but I don't know, man. Like, for him to be just, like, com- a complete, like, loser you know, X-Men, I felt like was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whatever. Um, you know, Warpath was probably you know, the most, like, you know, I, he felt the most like Warpath to me. Like, every other character felt just a little off, you know, um, you know, and played more for comedy, even, like, Dazzler. You know, felt a little. I was like, wait a second. She was an agent of Shield just like a couple of years ago. Why is she so down on her luck? This is definitely like him trying to tell his like loser like accident story, mm. which I don't know. It worked. It did. You know, but I did feel like it kind of betrayed the characters a little. You know, to play him just so much for laughs. You know, because even like Colossus. You know, and I guess that's where he's at right now mm. with everything that happened after Kitty. That was a good moment between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, but I just seen him like such a rock and everything, and for that to be such a big like an emotional arc for that character, you know, to be stand up at the altar and everything like that, and for it to be kind of played for laughs afterwards. I don't know, man. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I got that feeling that it was, like, mostly used the for... The scene where he was in his apartment, and there's just, like, it looks like a dump and everything, and he's drunk, and, you know... I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I was entertained by all of it. <laughs> it just... I don't know. It's just not the story that I foresaw mm. being told, you know? That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um... I just, maybe I do feel like it would just betray those characters just a smidge too much for my liking. So, but I was will I wanted to see where where it went, mm. and for like this whole storyline, really to me, nothing kind of sucks. Right, this felt a lot more like a start to something rather than yes, yes, it just being this short arc. Yes, this was a very short arc, and I wonder if they started off knowing that, you know, so because like. I, I would have just preferred for them to really just end, you know, with Soul's, you know, mm-hmm. arc. That would have been fine. It made sense to end with that arc as well. Yeah. It was a lot of big stuff happening. Yeah. Especially with the return of Charles. So it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what got them to change direction. Because it really does feel like they changed direction here. So, but we'll never find out probably. So, <laughs> moving on. Yes. Uh, Justice League number 12. <coughs> Drowned Earth Part Three. It's Batman. Feels like Part Eight. <laughs> I I don't blame you. <laughs> um, part Three. It's Batman in a full body cast versus the Legion of Doom. Get a ringside seat for the craziest fight in comics as bedridden Batman battles the Joker, Lex Luthor, Gorilla Grodd, and Sinestro. Meanwhile, Aquaman locks tridents with Poseidon. And Mira discovers an ancient secret that could change the fate of Atlantis and the entire Earth forever. But not really. Not really. <laughs> um, 
what was this epic battle that they're talking about? Yeah, because there I, it was all off screen. Yeah, there was off page. I'm sorry. Yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> how it started. I enjoyed like Joker's commentary, you know, throughout. Mm. You know how he loves this part. Basically, when Batman hands him his ass, like he's just kind of like taking joy in like how Batman's going to get out of this because he knows Batman's going to get out of this somehow. Um, you know, and I, I almost think like if they were to like corner him and take him out, like the Joker would stop them, just because that's just the cat and mouse game that he mm-hmm. loves. So, um, but that being said, yeah, no, there was not much of a battle at all, um, and I, I don't give a shit about Poseidon. I really don't, and this was definitely you know all about Poseidon mm. and you know his betrayal and. You know, these ocean gods from space aren't really all that bad that, you know, Poseidon betrayed them. And that's why, we, I don't know, didn't feel like a huge reveal, you know, to me, even though it's probably supposed to mean, you know. Mythology wise, it makes sense. You know, that's just the kind of shit that those gods were doing. Uh-huh. And kind of bullshit that they would always do. Doesn't mean I want to repeat it. I know. <laughs> In a Justice League book. Um... Snyder's killing me, man. Every fucking page is like 400 words or more. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, he's making the panels bigger just to fit more fucking dialogue <laughs> balloons in there. It's killing me. It uh, really is. Give me a fucking splash page here and there. I, I don't mind words. Don't get me wrong, you know? But Jesus Christ. It's just... Uh, it's a gluttony of, like... Just having to explain everything. You don't need that. It, it's not needed. You know? I mean, let the artist do his thing. You can explain that in panels, you know, visually. You don't have to explain every single thing mm. that's going on. Every single moment of a story. Not that I would really understand with the artist, because the dual artist in this book is just driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. Every time they go, like, it was, I think, mostly with Poseidon. Uh, the look just I, I, I don't know yeah no it really is it, it wasn't is. for me I agree I agree um, because yeah it does kind of throw you off you know um, I don't know man it's, this is not doing it at all for me and the fact that now there's another Justice League slash uh, Aquaman yeah so finish it off dr- the drowned number one <laughs> I don't. the The first one was called yes. Justice League. Why is it number one? I don't. I don't understand know. That's the same thing they did with guess. Justice League Dark. So why they should be number two? Like or do an Alpha and like Omega thing? Like do I? I don't understand what they're doing. Um, but yeah, because that's definitely confusing. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't want to read a, a, another fifty page <laughs> book to finish this story. I just don't. Was the first issue long? Yes. Yes. Because yeah, yes. remember, we, we didn't. We had no idea. We're like, oh, we'll pick it up. And we're like, holy shit. It's still not done. Hey, man. As I, long as it ends with Alfred on a drum set, I'll be fine. I fell asleep <laughs> twice during this, reading this. Well, that was me with the last issue. I just... I could, I could not keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. You know, it was after work, that being said. But still, it was a drag to read. What the fuck happened, Snyder? It's just too much story for him. It's just too... Like, I don't know if the scope is just too big mm. or something. I mean, he was one of my f- favorite writers, you know. I mean, what he did with Batman and his run was just phenomenal. 
And I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't read his work for All Star Batman, so I don't know if it's if it's any crazier or wilder. But scale back more. I hope. I hope so. Um, because yeah, this definitely was not. I, I don't think it was his writing style when he was on his like Batman run. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his critically acclaimed Batman run. So, and I was really excited that they were really feeling. I think it really felt like they were handing him the reins to like the DC universe. Um, but now I'm regretting every second of that because I was like, holy shit, man, someone needs to stop this guy. <laughs> you know, I I'm mean, hoping, I'm hoping it's just, we're just dealing with an Aquaman storyline and we're going to move on from this and we'll get a cooler storyline with a different character. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's just based around. I'm Aquaman still interested in what's going on with the totality and everything like that. Um, but this is a huge speed bump in the mm-hmm. road. It, it really is kind of, I don't know, it's it's waning my interest, you know, in this book. So, um, it's going to be hard. What is with all the random weird weapons that he's throwing into all these books? I don't know. Yeah, what, Mira it? creating a fucking sword the out of... The teardrop of something or another, right? Yeah, the teardrop of, uh, what's it called? Fucking Annihilation. Uh... And all these random weapons are, like, requiring, for some reason, in his mind, like, five pages of exposition. Mm -hmm. So, like, he introduces it, and then, like, he's got to explain this whole fucking drawn-out story about it, and then they use it, and it goes away. Like, it's just bad storytelling. It really is. It's a clunker. It makes it feel so, like, just clunky and overstuffed. Um, it, it's disappointing. It really is. So, because I even after metal, because I was not a fan of metal, I still like was holding out hope for him with Justice League, and this is kind of now. Even though I enjoyed those first few books, I, I'm I'm not digging this at all. So, and maybe this was something that was like an edict, like put on, like, like we need you to tell an Aquaman story. The movie's about to come out. Mm. Tie this into Aquaman somehow. You know, where he's, it's more like a chore to him, but I'm not digging this at all. You know, we need to just get back to the main storyline with the totality and everything. Mm. So. Like, I, I think it's interesting that there's stuff that Lex is, like, unlocking as he's chasing after the totality. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, all oh, the totality is an all-in-one powerful, like, source. There's other stuff that there's to it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm afraid that Black Manta's whole story in this is like he's he's gonna be his own downfall pretty much by the end of this. Yeah, it feels very predictable. Mm. Um, it also like it feels like this is like I said before, like this whole story is really just another distraction for the Justice League for Lex what, to like. What was the, the I, not to cut you off? Her, no, but what was the point of the opening page? Oh yeah, it never went anywhere. I'm hoping that that gets it's like Black Manta's like. I don't know, like quasi origin, but it's just. Like, I guess, but just not like him really. with his dad, but nothing. It didn't allude to anything in the story. It didn't tie in. I thought they were going to come back to it. Maybe they'll come back to it with the you know special. You know, maybe that's part of the book. And but yeah, and usually when you do something like that, it has a direct like correlation to what you're telling in your story. But the problem is, is the story is taking place over you know six books so I feel like 
it, it just felt like it was yeah it was introduced but then like they didn't go back to it at all and now mm. we have to wait till like next week's issue to figure out where that's going and what the point is but they only have one more issue left so you know because it was just a couple pages long so I don't even know what the conclusion is mm-hmm. you know and what the point of that is you know going to be in the long run you know if it's going to make Black Manta feel sympathetic then I don't really need it mm-hmm. you know and I feel like that's what it's going you know, we're going to get an idea of why Black Manta hates Alanis so much. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Like I said, with Young Justice, man, if, you, if you're interested in Black Manta, <laughs> check that out, man. That's the Black Manta for you. All right. Not to, I mean, not to end comics on a sour note. But nah, fuck that just... book. <laughs> God damn it, Snyder. <laughs> uh, well, next we got to go on to wrestling. From the Stagcast. Join myself, Christian, and Missy as we bring you all the gaming news you need to know. With our penchant for sarcasm, we're throwing out all the social justice bullshit and are giving you 100% uncensored gaming news and opinion. So follow us down the rabbit hole that is our minds, and may God have mercy on your ears. Now accessing wrestling. So wrong. Holy shit. <laughs> Pretty fucking awful. And the reviews are in and saying it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it was the Baron Corbin show. You have one of the least charismatic GMs that we've had in recent like memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decide to really focus the whole show around him. It was horrible. Like, he must have been in, like, two-thirds of the fucking show. Like, segment after fucking segment. Um, it just... I, I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. Like, I don't want to see him in the ring. He, I mean, He's okay on the mic, but I don't care. I don't care about his character. I think the whole point is just you have him terrorizing the show until Braun Strowman can come no, back. No, I, I understand the point... The but it's just horrible. It's not. It's poorly done. Is the problem, like he's not charismatic enough to get to make you give a shit. You know, I don't care what happens to him. I just don't want to see him. <laughs> you know, and like it. It doesn't make me want to see Braun dismantle him like a good heel. Like you know, a really good heel, like Ric Flair in his prime. You know, um, Edge. You know, like. You wanted to see that baby face take him apart. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see Baron Corbin on the screen. You know, I mean, he, he still can't, you know, he can't hold his own, carry his own weight in the ring. You know, he's not that talented of a performer. I don't know why they're giving him this role. Um, you know, they basically started the show with him in the ring, celebrating. Just a long, drawn-out promo between him and Lashley and Drew. Um, Drew seemed like he was becoming more of the focus, you know, and they're really starting to push him the last couple weeks. And, like, this week, it felt like it was a step backwards for him. It was like, okay, well, Baron's the leader. Um, I would have much rather seen them continue with, like, Drew, you know, being the focus and being that main heel. Mm-hmm. I could have dug that, you know, where, like, it's Drew manipulating Baron. Um, but this, man, oh, God, I, I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, the, 
promos were just stale. Like the writing, the script this week was just horrible. You know, everything that was coming out of everyone's mouth just felt like no one would say that. It felt so unnatural. Um, but anyway, storyline-wise, you know, they talk about Braun having the elbow surgery. Then they go and they actually show Braun in, like, the hospital, like, showing his arm and saying, this is the worst Dr. Andrews has ever seen, the worst elbow has ever seen. It's like, he's seen fucking neck injuries. This isn't the worst injury he's ever seen. Shut the fuck up. Get, get out of here. Mm-hmm. It was just a ridiculous segment. You don't want to ever show your baby face, like, in a hospital bed, either. Like, it doesn't do anything for them. Um, yeah. There's not a character like Ron. Yes, exactly. It just makes them look weak. Um, it, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, but anyway, they have this match set up at TLC still. Um, but now they're saying between Braun and uh, uh, Corbin. and But now they're saying that Braun is not going to make it. So Corbin's going to end up showing up and winning, you know, um, by forfeit. So and that means Corbin will end up being the GM. Now, obviously, Strowman's going to show up. You know, they're going to tease it that he's not going to be there. And then Strowman will come and hit his power slam and win the match. Even if he's limited, he only has to do one or two moves. You know, be believable, whatever. Um, it's just not worth sacrificing a whole Monday, you know, um, over Monday this, this storyline, you know. Um, they named Alexa Bliss his assistant. There was a weird moment between them, like where I guess they're supposed to be building like sexual tension. Um, like he says this horrible line, like, you look good, I look good. Let's make this thing happen. Like it just horrible. That's Hor- great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I have a feeling that she'll be end up the GM. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, supposedly, she is training at the Portman Center right now, um, you know, getting back in ring shape. So mm-hmm. she will be back in the ring eventually. So, because there was those rumors swirling that she might be forced to retire. Um, and hopefully, it's not like a page situation where she comes back and then is out. Well, I feel like Bliss can handle that role a lot better than Paige. I feel what like she'd mean? be a more entertaining character as a heel, like GM. Oh, yeah, no, she'd be great. She'd definitely be more entertaining than Corbin. Mm. I agree with that. Um, but at the same time, and maybe if they don't have something for her storyline-wise in the ring, maybe they just keep her right now as the GM. But I could definitely see, you know, Corbin losing that match, and then, you know, Stephanie, you know, ends up electing Alexa as, you know... The GM for the whole show. Because right now she's put in control of all the women's division. Mm-hmm. And she basically has all the heels jumping Bailey and Sasha, um, you know, in one segment. So it's just, you know, it's just, it's like heels run amok right now. I feel like 80% of WWE is like heels right now. There's no strong baby faces. But there are really no strong heels either mm-hmm. right now. So it's just it's a really bland product at the moment and it's unfortunate you know besides a couple like you know shining stars like becky lynch um i dig what's going on with daniel bryan there's not much else going on you know even Strowman, i feel like it's cool off so um 
Otherwise, storyline-wise, it really was the Corbin show where it was just him decimating everyone. He took out Elias. Um, they took out Finn Balor. Um, the, the one thing I was really looking forward to, and they, you know, it was all over social media, was like Rollins was bringing back the open um, IC challenge. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people were all guessing who's it going to be and everything. And you know, <laughs> the back of my mind, I was like, it's going to be fucking Dolph Ziggler. You know, just because they're that fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. We've seen... You know, and I... They've put on some phenomenal matches. They really have. But we've seen it about 30 times in the last three months at this point. Like, I feel like they've been feuding for, like, at least half a year. And sure enough, his music hits. And I'm like, holy crap, are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you another great fucking match though? A solid mm. match, but you're in your mind. You're like, is someone getting called up from NXT? You know, or just making an appearance? Because um, we had those great moments with Cena, where we had Kevin Owens show up. Yes, had... and that's how you really they've done well with the open belt challenges because it's a really great device mm. to like put over an up and coming wrestler, um, and giving them some spotlight and putting on a great match, um. This was a good match, but it really did nothing for anyone. Um, it's just, we've seen it before, and it just led to a really, really boring episode of Raw. Um, the, oh God, what the fuck else happened on this show? Um, Nia Jax cut one of the worst fucking promos I've seen in the last couple of years. It was, I mean, it was heavily scripted, but surprisingly really rambly. And it had no direction, and it just, I know she's a heel and she's supposed to be unlikable, but she's just really unlikable just for being bad at being mm-hmm. a heel at this point. I mean, and we don't, it's not, I mean, they flipped her so many times at the point, at this point, you know, she's the female version of Big Show. Um, it's just, I mean, the last, like, what, like four months, she's, like, turned from heel to babyface. I think the worst moment was when it was like, you know, the be a star, and then she immediately was the next night. Heel. Yeah. Yes, the next night. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened after this pass uh, at Evolution, right? She wins mm-hmm. the Battle Royal, she has this heartfelt speech in the ring, and then, like, literally, like, the next, like, Raw. Yeah, she's, she's teaming up with Tamina. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, you guys just don't know what the fuck you're doing right now. Um, it just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It was a shit show. Um, was it the worst Raw ever? Probably not, but it was close. Mm. It was We've close. seen some horrendous Raw. Yes. Oh, my God. And, you know, my 20 years of watching Raw now, I mean, yes, I've seen, I've, seen, I've probably seen worse. I've just completely blacked them out, though. <laughs> well, what happened on the blue brand team? It was definitely an upgrade overall. Um, we got a return of Becky Lynch. Um, she came out in the ring. Charlotte came out soon after. I mean, the crowd was 100% behind Becky. I do feel like Charlotte's kind of stealing some of Becky's thunder, though. Um, it's just kind of going against the grain, having two heels kind of mm. acting very similar um like even charlotte had a like leather jacket on also like it just i don't know i don't know um i, I don't think wwe's doing you know her push any favors right now by having 
Charlotte as a heel too, and then like booking them against each other. And storyline wise, it makes absolutely no sense. After the promo she cut last week, where she said she did it for Becky, she did exactly what Becky would have done um, to Rhonda to have Charlotte come out then and say, I didn't do it for you, I did it for me. I was like, well, wait. <laughs> But you just said you did it for Becky. She was in there for like two weeks. Yes, exactly. So that's what I don't get. I was like, all right, either the writers are just that's you know forgetful or just lazy, um, because it didn't really make any sense. I really feel like it is kind of stealing some thunder away from Becky, though. Um, you know, which is unfortunate. She's you know white hot right now. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a hundred percent behind her. Mm. Um, they set up a match between Charlotte and Becky at TLC, and it's going to actually be a TLC match. It's going to be tables, ladders, and chairs. Which is awesome. Awesome. Great. I'm excited for that. Um, but then you have all of the um, SmackDown um, women's roster come out, um, everyone bitching and complaining, because, you know, we've seen that match like three times um, this past, like, you know, month or two. So um, they all want an opportunity. So, you know, Paige sets up Battle Royal for the end of the night um, for a slot in that match. So pretty cool. I, I enjoyed the fact. And I, I like the fact that the main focus was, you know, you know, the women's division mm-hmm. on SmackDown. That was great. Um, Daniel Bryan wasn't there. So you had AJ come out and cut a promo, um, you know, calling out Daniel Bryan for not being a fighting champion like him. It was a nice promo. It was. It, it felt like AJ was more on track. Um, the last couple months, I feel like, I don't know, his promos have felt very flat to me. Um, you know, even the shit with, like, Joe. Like, Joe definitely carried that program 100%. So um, it was nice to see that fire in AJ Styles' um, eyes again, promo-wise. I mean, he's doing it in the ring. It was just, you know, I, it just, I don't know. Something just was off with AJ promo wise, you know, just the way they're writing him and everything. And he's he's saying the script that they're giving him, um, but I don't know. It just it they needed to change it, you know, have him chase the belt for a while. I think you know to really you know get the crowd behind him again. Um, so he mentioned that you know Daniel Bryan is you know you know, not a fighting champion and that, you know, he must be taking notes from, you know, the other champion over on Raw. And then Daniel Bryan, like, tweeted the next day that, yeah, no, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still referring to himself in third person. (sighs) That Daniel Bryan before, you know, worked, you know, wrestled 256 days out of the year, much more than AJ Styles has ever wrestled in one year. But now he realized that Daniel Bryan was stupid and that, you know, I've got to, you know, take care of myself. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it was it, it was nice, you know, to see them utilize social media like this to kind of, <laughs> you know, get the rebuttal and get over. And they're getting smarter with that now. So, I mean, look at what Becky's been doing on social media. She's been fucking killing it, you know, and helping herself get over. Um, so, uh, what else did we have, though? God, um... You had, um, oh, Big Show turned on Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, Shocker. So, show bars no more. Um, whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know if that means Big Show's a face, um, but who cares, right? 
The Usos are going to be challenging for the belts. Um, Nakamura jumped Rusev before their match. Um, so that looks like that's going to be a promo, which are a program which I can dig. I, I, you know, I love both of those wrestlers. So as long as they get some TV time, I'm cool mm. with that. So um, you had Randy Orton taunting Rey Mysterio um, with his mask. You know, um, really, he said he, he didn't mean offense to the culture, just offense to Rey was kind of his thing. Um, and then Rey actually uh, came out and jumped him. It was a nice pull apart between the two. Um, uh, Orton ended up getting the upper hand, though. So, um, what the fuck else happened? My God. It feels like it was, like, weeks ago, and it was only a couple <laughs> days ago. Um, that was pretty much everything that happened, though. There's really not that much. Oh, you had the Battle Royal. Um, to decide who was going to be the third member. Oh, you know what? Rewind. Actually, you know what else happened? They had a celebration, a 20th anniversary celebration for Jeff Hardy. Um, he came out and everything, and I, like, right away, I was like, this is totally just working into a program and everything. But they did a really nice job with it, um, even though it was totally a setup for, you know, Jeff's newest play program. Um, the they had like all the wrestlers out on the ramp, you know, plotted for him and everything. They did a really nice video package and everything, you know, celebrating him and everything. Um, he made a nice little speech, and then all of a sudden, Samoa Joe's music hits, you know, and like all the wrestlers just part, and then Joe just fucking starts cutting this wicked promo on him, just saying that, you know, um, you know, we have champagne in the back, but you really shouldn't be around that, should you? Um, like going low, Jesus. like um, started saying like, oh, they needed to put the video package um together for you because you're too high to remember any of those things that you know you did in the past twenty years. Wow. Yes. Okay. Like yes. <laughs> so I mean, a really nice promo. Um, Joe is just, I mean, he's a monster mm. heel, man. I can't believe he hasn't had that belt yet. You know, I, he's going to get there, I feel like. But, my God, he's just... I feel like he's the MVP of that show, especially this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's really been carrying it. So, um, Jeff uh, challenges him to a match. Joe walks away, you know. So, you know, we'll definitely have a nice feud going, at least for the next, you know, month or two. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, that makes it on the TLC, or are they going to... Yeah, I could see that. I hope so. Um, I don't know if Joe's actually dealing with an injury right now, um, but um, I definitely, I feel like that's that's going to be, you know, a, a few that they're going to be, like, you know, really, like, focusing on for the next couple months, so. Um, which should be interesting. It's something, you know, I haven't really seen, I know they, you know, have their programs in, like, Impact, but mm. I didn't really watch Impact at that, at that time, so it'd be cool to see. It's a nice clash of styles. Um, then we had the Women's Battle Royal. Um, and they actually did the right thing. And Asuka won. <laughs> um, the crowd was behind Asuka from the get-go. Even when they, you know, before they announced the match, when all the women were coming out bitching, and Asuka chant, like, broke out. Um, even though she came out to fucking, um... Naomi's, uh, Naomi's music. But, yeah, um... So I'm glad, you know, they did the right thing, gave Asuka the spotlight again, 
and we're going to get one hell of a match at TLC. Asuka versus Becky versus Charlotte. Mm. So that's a dream match right there. And you throw in fucking tables, ladders, and chairs? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't think, have we seen Asuka in any type of specialty match? Like a she's... gimmick match like yeah. that? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't recall. Mm. Um, maybe in NXT? I don't think so in like WWE. Mm-hmm. NXT really, I guess no, because NXT didn't really do many like gimmick matches like that. So, um, no, so that should be cool. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. You know, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for that match at TLC. That, that's enough for me to watch the card now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, overall, it was definitely a weaker uh, week for WWE. I feel like they're just not capitalizing on, you know, what they have with Becky and, you know, Seth and everything. The rumor right now is, you know, that they are going to rocket strap Seth and, you know, they want to get behind him now with, you know, Roman and Strowman and everything that's going on that they feel like now is the time to really pull the trigger. God, I so, hope he doesn't get another knee injury or anything like oh, that. Oh, God, I hope not. Really do. Oh, he, they uh, banned his curb stop again. Okay, cool. So they he won with the Falcon's arrow, um, oh. which is like <laughs> out of nowhere. I was like, oh, we got the pin with that. No um, one kicks out of the Falcon's arrow. Yeah. So it, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I don't know what because he just did it last week. Uh, maybe he concussed someone that we don't know about. I don't know, but yeah, it's banned supposedly again. <laughs> so, but yeah, so the rumor is that they're going to get fully behind Seth, which I, you know, I, that's what I was hoping for after WrestleMania, you know, last year. So I'm glad to see them going that route again. So I don't know if that means Lesnar versus Seth. I'm not quite sure. So, but as long as Lesnar shows up like he did for the Daniel Bryan match, I'm okay with that, honestly. But that's the problem. It's completely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, God. Fucking, I, you know what I forgot? Dean shit. Oh, yes. The cleansing. What the hell? Getting his immunization shots. uh, What is that? I don't know. I guess that's his new gimmick, like calling everyone dirty, and then... It's it's so fucking, like, I don't know, man. It's almost comedic, though, because he had to get, like, the long needle... uh, Yes, in his hip. Yeah, it's horrible. It feels like something from, like, the early 90s. It feels like such a, like, cartoonish version of a heel. Um, you know, it's something they would have done when, like, you know, Doink the Clown was running around and, mm-hmm. you know, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Like, that, it's just garbage. I don't, I expect so much more from Dean Ambrose. So, I don't know. I don't know. But that's not like him. I think that's more just the writing. He didn't decide, I want to get immunization shots. I don't know, man, because I feel like he's got more control than that. Do you? I think so. I would have stuck with the, you know, silent badass at this point. You yes. Know, like, you don't know why I did this. Yes, it's such an abrupt turn. Mm-hmm. Like, he was this silent, you know, psycho for, like, the first, like, month of his comeback, and now he's doing ha-ha in, like, you know, a total bogus, like, doctor's office. You know, it took. It looked like a bad like sitcoms like doctors on this too. I was like, that's horrible looking. You think they were just in the back shooting it? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They put up like a couple charts, and that was mm-hmm. it. It's like, come on. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was garbage. Bad week for WWE. You know, 
unfortunate. So, um, so we got some young bucks slash what the hell are they call the little federation now? Oh, uh, it's totally all elites wrestling. All elite wrestling news. AEW. Um, yes. So CM Punk, out of nowhere. Decides to talk a little about wrestling because I mean it feels like for the last two three years anytime anyone brought up wrestling in an interview he just said that's not my world anymore mm. I'm not interested so I don't know if it was Cody Rhodes coming out and saying that they made an offer to him that really like stuck in his crawl that made him feel like he needed to address um, you know that situation but um, he mentioned. You know, the, the interviewer did ask him, this is by Cage Side Seats, I believe. Mm. Um, and they're interviewing him about the uh, commentating um, position that he's taking for some MMA, you know, uh, company, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so they're interviewing, and of course, the guy ended up sneaking in some wrestling questions. And he started talking about the Young Bucks and everything like that. And, you know, CM Punk said that, you know, you know, just like the guy that he's working for now with the commentating, he likes the Young Bucks. Um, he would definitely be willing to listen to them, um, but wrestling's not his, you know, on his radar at the moment. Mm-hmm. But then he brings up the fact that, you know, you know, Cody did, you know, you know, they, he said that he made him an offer, but he said, calling me up and saying, you know, hey, it'd be really cool if you showed up, you know, and, you know, did something. That's not me. So he kind of left that open a little, you know. <laughs> and I know I know this is pipe dreams at this point, <laughs> but it was enough to like set the internet on fire, you know. Um, where maybe if they made him a serious offer, especially if you got some billionaires' money, mm. you know, backing you, that maybe he would actually like you know bat around the idea of you know at least you know making an appearance here or there. So. Um, I don't and know. that would explode their um, show immediately. So. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like they, you know, there's there will be a lot of hype around it if it does happen um, anyway. I mean, Cody was on uh, Twitter today and he, like, just randomly threw out there, uh, who's the, uh, you know, the hottest, like, unsigned independent wrestler out there right now? You know, just kind of leaving it out there, teasing everyone. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of buzz around it right now, but yeah, if you get someone like CM Punk, holy shit, man, it just got real then, you know, people will be fucking tuning in. Like your, you know, your average, you know, WWE fan would be interested, you know, so I don't know. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time for the indie scene. It really is. I'm kind of curious what the roster would come out to look like. And if they have a kind of just like a working deal with just people going in and out of other shows, or are they um, only going to be looking for a non-signed talent? Well, and you know, it, it sounds like just from listening to interviews, that would be something they would definitely be interested in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, working with these other groups like New Japan and Ring of Honor. You know, they keep on, I, I believe it was Cody's like, it's a new time in wrestling. You know, there's no reason. I know Jericho's mentioned this multiple times. And lately, it seems like before it was like, oh, you have Jericho and, you know, Jim Ross are definitely involved to like, they're kind of like scaling back, like how involved they really mm-hmm. are, you know. So stories are kind of going back and forth, you know, what their involvement will be. But it it's 
Jericho's mentioned it. Cody's mentioned it. You know how you know there's no reason for these you know different companies not to work together. That it just will be beneficial all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because it's all about content and you know introducing new fans to you know your product. So why wouldn't you want that? So, um, on the other news of um, contracts, I forgot to mention. Uh, WWE has changed their contracts for the NXT UK where they are making it pretty much exclusive. Like, we'll pay you a little bit more, but you have to stay here. There's no more shipping around to different companies. Yeah. Well, what, because before they didn't have a show. So mm-hmm. they did have, like, I think, like, Pete Dunne, um, like, you know, wrestlers like that, like, on contracts that were, like, loose, where, yeah, you know, you work for us, but you're also allowed to go elsewhere, you know. As like long as it wasn't, like, I think, like, Impact, like, anyone with, like, mm-hmm. TV that they would see as kind of competition for them. Um, like, you, they couldn't show up on, like, Ring of Honor, you know? I guess people were surprised by this because they, when they announced that they were making the UK show, they did not allude to it being, you know, do you have to be with us only? The, the wrestlers were surprised or the fans were surprised? I think it was a little both. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I think the wrestlers probably knew they wouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. signed the deal if they didn't know that. It's just whatever, if the WWE is going to have them on their network and everything, they don't want them popping up and being tarnished on someone else's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they're pushing the shit out of that fucking show right now. So they're definitely fully behind it. I think they announced a takeover for the yes. show. Yes, yes. Yes, they are, you know, I mean, for lack of better terms, all in with the UK show. I mean, it's a hot market right now mm-hmm. for wrestling. So, um... I'm not surprised by it. I don't know why fans would necessarily be surprised by it because it seemed like people were more surprised by the fact that WWE was willing to let these guys actually work in other places. Mm. Um, that was a huge deal. Like, holy shit, they're really allowing you to go to other like independents and work, you know, while being under contract for the WWE because that was unheard of before. Um, so I'm not surprised that they've completely cracked down on that with them actually having a show now on the network if it was something where it was just you know what's his name running around with the uk title for god i mean it's been what over a year and a half now done yeah yeah so i mean then yeah i mean that makes sense but now since you actually have a fully formed show yeah you're gonna want to protect your interests Hmm. you know you don't want your you know a, a wrestler that you have a program featured around you know on tv you know, getting injured at some fucking, you know, VF, VFW show, you know. So, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. All right. So, I think that's going to do it for this episode. That is going to do it. Um, Were we under two hours, Christian? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle. Just barely. Just barely. One day, we will get back to an hour and a half show. <laughs> I think our is. first couple episodes were like an hour and a half. Just about, but you know, we'll we're we're three hour caliber, David. We'll we'll eventually <laughs> run out of things to talk about. All right. Well, before we go, we got a couple shout outs for podcasts we think you should be listening to. All right. First up is the Angle Slam Podcast. Two UK wrestling fans who talk about the highs and lows of each monthly WWE pay per view. More lows than highs lately. Uh, <laughs> but this is an awesome podcast. Go ahead and give them a listen. Um, Next, we've got The Hotter Show. Podcasting covering interviews with musicians and content creators. 
album reviews, mysteries, paranormal life, relationships, and more. They're just covering everything. Um, every Thursday. And they are part of the Podbeard Network. Um, also, we have Films on Trial. A movie podcast hosted by five Liverpool lads. We put films on trial. Includes quizzes, news, songs, and more. Um, and go ahead and check out all their websites and all your favorite podcast formats. Last but not least, we've got Well Kept and Unclean. Every episode, we track down weird news and use those headlines to jump off into a comedic discussion. The headlines are real, but everything else is made up. Uh, this is one of my favorite podcasts going, so go ahead and check them out. Yes, and you have a lot more favorite podcasts because you are part of the DCP Network, right, That's Damon? That's right. So definitely check out our network. Uh, we have plenty of shows on there for you. Um, you probably heard their sweeps at the beginning. Uh, definitely keep checking them out. And probably their promo. And their right? promo, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. So a lot of awesome shows, a lot of awesome guys. Go ahead and give them a listen. Besides that, you can keep listening to us. Uh, there's plenty of back catalog to go through. You can find it on Podbean. Um, we're just joining uh, Ushka, I think is how it's pronounced. Maybe. Are Maybe. We definitely joining that. Um, I mean, I'm going to We're try in it talks. Out. We're in talks. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we're on every podcast platform that you can possibly find at this point. Yes, and that's all. And that's exactly. Um, we're also on like every fucking social media that's out there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think. Right. We're not Snapchat. We're on the major ones. Snapchat's not major anymore. It, it's more like for friends. Well, it's like Facebook book major anymore. Yeah, it's dying. Okay. We don't need to discuss it. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's another episode. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, go ahead, if you have any questions, hit us up. Um, we'll quick responses. So, um, and we're always posting memes, news items, you know, something different every day. Uh, we make more than just podcasts. I do a stream that's going to be on every single stream platform that you can find now. That's including YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitch, and Facebook. Oh, on Facebook Live. Yes. Yes. Are we on Instagram with that? No, not Instagram. Come on, get with it, Christian. There's no, <laughs> there's no way to do it yet. Instagram doesn't have the functionality. Little known fact, when uh, Christian is streaming, he has no pants on. That's so, not true. So that- <laughs> I love that you had to defend it. Don't lie to them. I make sure I put pants Prove on. Prove it. They have seen me Assless chaps don't count as pants, Christian. <laughs> I should make that a thing. <laughs> Get some views. There we um, go. <laughs> beyond that, um, you're probably enjoying our outro music right now. That would be... Um, Guilty Aces. Guilty Aces, that's correct. And then our intro that you can check out at any time is Greg Grebner. You can find him on Instagram and you can find him on SoundCloud. That's right. Um, beyond that, uh, is there anything else we need to shout out? Talk no, about? just make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. Exactly. Make sure that you do those things. Yes, please. It warms our hearts God. to see those reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, except negative ones. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them to yourself. But yeah, we, we definitely crave your feedback. Well, besides that, my name's Christian. And my name's Dave. And that was the amazing merge. This has been a Drama City production. Hey, congratulations, congratulations. 20 years, Jeff.
that is a very, very long time. And, and please, forgive my tardiness. I was in the back. I was popping some bottles. I was getting ready to come out here and have a toast. But I think we can all agree maybe having a bottle of champagne around you isn't the best idea. I can't tell the truth. Hey, no, Shane, Shane, it's, it's cool. Shane, please let him through. Joe, talk. What do you want to say, man? Please. Let him through. It's a, uh, hey, 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 hey. And thank you to WWE for that wonderful video package, that wonderful anthology of all your greatest moments. It must have been a special treat for you, considering at the time you probably weren't coherent enough to remember any of it anyways. <laughs> <laughs>